0: Hello! Welcome to another story about the Peters family. The name of this week's story is Penelope Peters' Pesters to be a Part. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize! Our hymn from two weeks ago, from the story Mama Peters's Persnickety Easter Preparations, was He Arose... And because it was Easter, and we didn't have a winner last week, we've decided to have co-winners this week. The co-winners were Nolly of Conquer, California, and Ryder of Pleasant Hill, California. Great job, you guys! It's time now to get to this week's story. Penelope Peters pesters to be a part. the week after spring break, and Mama Peters felt as though she was functioning on an ever-depleting energy supply. Easter was the most glorious annual celebration, but having company and extra cooking and baking had taken its toll. The daily memory work of facts, data, and scripture, although rewarding, was tiring. As she sat with her four kids, she silently prayed that God would give her a fresh bestowment of strength and vigor to make even the rote interesting. So as she recited the math and science facts, she decided to do it in a high-pitched voice, one that might sound as though she had sucked on helium. She figured that would be helpful in keeping the attention of the children. What is the area of a circle? The area of a circle is pi r squared, or pi times radius squared. Pearson and Penelope found Mama Peters quite entertaining, and the silliness helped to lighten the mood and energize Mama Peters. So even with the mess of the day so far, the blocks and books and loose sheets of paper and pencils, Mama Peters found that the Lord was giving her enjoyment through it all. And Proverbs fourteen four, her go-to verse popped into her head. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. In a flash, Mama Peters pictured the quiet, clean house and knew that the gift of the oxen was something to be cherished. It's not always easy to cherish the source of the mess in every moment. But knowing that the moments are fleeting and that time marches on, Mama Peters breathed a prayer of praise for that special moment and all the moments that the Lord had given with her children. So, what if the house was messy for the time being? Now, remember, you have to say all of your memory work, hymn, and your Bible verses tomorrow on your own. Anyone remember the Bible verse and want to recite it for us? Pierce and Penelope, and even the twins all shouted, I do! Okay, Mama Peters replied. How about you say it in unison? Together, though not perfectly in concert, they all recited Mark 8, 34 through 37. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? Mama Peters was thrilled that they said it word perfect. Praise the Lord. I am so thankful. This is week four on this passage, and I'm so pleased that you know it. Even the twinsies. Now let's close it out by singing All the Way My Savior Leads Me before we pray and move on with our schoolwork. All five of them gustily sang out, All the way my Savior leads me. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy, who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, here by faith in Him to dwell. For I know what e'er befall me. Jesus doeth all things well. For I know whate'er befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. Before she prayed, Mama Peters took prayer requests, and as usual, all hands shot up. Everyone shared requests, and they each prayed through the prayer style of acts, though the twins were not quite as good at verbalizing their prayers as the others. Once morning family worship was over, Mama Peters began working with the twins on their sounds. Pearson and Penelope worked hard to complete their copywork. Mama Peters wanted them to learn to write in cursive, though they were some of the only children they knew that still were learning to write cursive. Except for Todd Hicks. He was also learning cursive, but that was because Mrs. Hicks basically followed Mama Peters' lead in homeschooling. As good friends, they were both on the same page, but with new little ones, especially Bear, whose Down syndrome continued to be a challenge, Mrs. Hicks just didn't have the bandwidth to study all that Mama Peters already knew. And since Mama Peters had homeschooled Todd in the first year she'd homeschooled Pearson and Penelope, it was a no-brainer for Mrs. Hicks to continue down the path that had already been laid. Even still, writing cursive copywork was a big chore, and it wasn't easy for Pearson especially to be patient through the meticulous work. Pearson, Penelope? Patience, Priscilla? Tomorrow is Friday, and I want to finish the week strong. I'd prefer that we start with a clean slate on Monday, so let's try to button up all of our work, Mama Peters gently suggested when the phone suddenly rang. (coughs) Penelope dashed to the kitchen to answer. It was Mrs. Hicks, so she handed the phone off to Mama Peters for a quick chat. Pearson and Penelope did their schoolwork distractedly as they tried to eavesdrop. Mama Peters finished the conversation with, Okay, Maggie, I'll run it by Daddy Peters and I'll get back to you shortly. What could Mama Peters possibly be running by Daddy Peters? Something exciting seemed to be brewing, and Pearson and Penelope were anxious to learn all about it. They looked at each other with wide eyes and began whispering, What do you think Mama Peters is going to talk to Daddy Peters about? Penelope asked, I have no idea, but I bet it's going to be something fun. But whatever it is, we should finish our schoolwork so that we're ready for it. Pearson could barely hide his excitement. Well, hello, my nosy children, Mama Peters greeted as she walked back into the living room. I'm going upstairs to my room to make a phone call. So work hard and don't be distracted. Mama Peters walked through the dining room and headed upstairs. Okay, Mama Peters, we will, Penelope piped up. And though they were distracted, they did their very best to work their way quickly through their schoolwork. Thankfully, They didn't have long to wait before Mama Peters came back downstairs and sat down with the twins to finish working through their numbers and colors. Mama Peters, are we allowed to know what you're talking about? Pearson inquired with some hesitation. I thought you would never ask, Mama Peters said, winking. And yes, you are allowed to know, but you must complete your schoolwork before you run off to get ready for it. Pearson and Penelope's eyes widened with excitement. Whatever were they going to need to prepare for? they could hardly wait for the answer. Well, here's what it is. The Hicks are going to bring some of our church's excess chairs and pews and supplies to the small church we've been supporting in Green Valley, Mama Peters began explaining. Since their church building burned down, they're trying to get outdoor church up and running by Sunday. They were unable to pull it off for Easter services because they didn't have enough help. So our church is helping to set up as much as possible. And since the Hicks have a truck, they'll be transporting some of the stuff to the church. They ask if Pearson could maybe help out, and since the Green Valley Church is a couple of hours away, they'll just spend the night at the church and sleep under the gazebo. If Pearson goes to help, then Mrs. Hicks will be able to stay home with Bear and Ruthie. Oh, wow, yes, I'd love to go! Pearson was ecstatic about the idea. Well, Pearson, you've never spent the night away from here, but Daddy Peters and I think it should be okay since it's not a true blue sleepover. Well, I will definitely miss you, Mama Peters, but I'm really looking forward to going, Pearson answered. Penelope, who had been listening intently, was now processing her own sadness at not being invited to be part of the trip. Mama Peters, I, I, I could help too. Well, Nellie, I knew you could and would be a huge help, but the truck only has three seats and I think it's more of a man's work, Mama Peters answered softly. But Pearson and I could double double buckle just just this time. Honey, that's not going to be possible this time, and I know you're sad, but the Lord willing, Pearson will be home tomorrow. We'll have a nice day here at the house. After your chores are complete, you can invite Nora over. You love to bake, so you can make some cookies and some rice cereal treats for the senior adults so they'll have something to munch on during their Sunday school class. I signed us up for this Sunday. Well, I, I don't want to miss helping you, Mama Peters, but Penelope stopped short knowing that she needed to be willing to accept Mama Peters' answer. But part of her hoped, just a small, teensy, tiny part, that just maybe she would still have a chance to be invited too. So when Pearson went upstairs to get his things packed in a bag, Penelope followed and went into her room. The first thing she did upon entering her room was to grab one of the twins' mini backpacks. She certainly wouldn't need a full-size backpack for an overnight trip. But she did include an extra pair of underwear, socks, and a change of clothes. She also packed her Bible and prayer journal and stuffed the bag under her bed. Just in case the hicks said something like, Penelope, wouldn't you like to come along too? She could race upstairs and grab her bag. But so that she appeared extra ready, she changed out of her slippers and donned a pair of tennis shoes. She checked the mirror and tightened her ponytail. She wanted to appear fit enough to help move furniture and the like. Upon checking the mirror, she left her room and walked back downstairs to her schooling. Mama Peters was still on the phone with Mrs. Hicks making final arrangements. No matter what, Penelope had a little extra pep in her step as she anticipated going on the overnight trip. Pearson came downstairs a moment later and made a beeline for his math problems. Within five minutes or so, he had finished up all of his math work. Oh boy, I can't wait to get started on our trip! I don't blame you. It seems super, super fun. I sure wish I could go. Penelope's hints were all too obvious. But Mama Peters said they don't have room, Nellie. Plus, you're a girl. This is a man's job, Pearson answered. Well, I think you know I'm pretty strong, Pierce. I can lift lots of stuff. I know, Nellie, but you heard Mama Peters. They asked for me because they only have room for one more in the truck, and you'll have fun here anyway, Pearson lovingly told his sister. Oh, I know, Piers. Penelope sounded wistful. But not as much as you will have. I i mean, I, you get to sleep outside at night. That sounds like so much fun. I know it does. Maybe you can go some other time, Pen. But now I need to ask Mama Peters to check my math work. It wasn't long after, before Penelope too finished her schoolwork. Just as the doorbell rang. <phone rings> the voices of Mr. Hicks and Todd's. Echoed through the entryway, Penelope raced in, Pearson's sleeping bag in hand, which he had left on the floor. Hey, Dudette, you got Pearson's accommodations there, I see. Todd loudly greeted Penelope. I do. Hi, Todd. Hi, Mr. Hicks. How are you doing today? Her tone was a bit smarmy. Penelope was definitely a polite gal. Daddy and Mama Peters had raised their kids to greet visitors with grace and to give eye contact. However. This was a different kind of politeness. Penelope was obsequious. She was really pouring it on thick and gave a big grin to Mr. Hicks and Todd. Mama Peters, though, noticed it immediately and raised her eyebrows in silent correction toward Penelope. Thankfully, though, Mr. Hicks, like most men, didn't really have his mind on the details and didn't notice anything out of the ordinary. He just greeted Penelope and quickly laid out the plan to Mama Peters. Okay, Mama Peters, I'm going to take these boys and we'll stop for dinner on the way there and breakfast on the way home. We've already loaded the truck up with tons of church donations, and we'll be out there with about six other trucks unloading and setting them up for their first services. The plan is to leave there about 10 tomorrow morning, if God wills, so expect us mid-morning. I'm not too crazy about leaving my Maggie and my twins for too long. Even though it's only overnight, I'm going to sure miss them. Mr. Hicks sounded a bit sad about leaving his wife and twins. Oh, I totally understand, Mr. Hicks. We're bummed that there's not time for Pearson to say goodbye to Daddy Peters. Mama Peters sounded a bit doleful herself. Oh, hey, I'll tell you what, Mama Peters. I'll have Pearson call Daddy Peters from the road. It was so last minute, so I apologize. Mr. Hicks answered. Well, that sounds great. Thanks, Mr. Hicks. And with that, Mama Peters gave Pearson a big embrace. And then Pearson squeezed the twins and Penelope and then hugged Mama Peters again. I love you, he said sweetly to all of them. Though he was looking forward to the trip, Pearson was also a homebody. So he was sad, even just to leave for less than 24 hours. He felt tears well up in his eyes, but he was able to fight them back. Penelope swiftly grabbed Pearson's sleeping bag from the floor, then blurted out, Hey, Pears! I'll carry your sleeping bag to the truck. I'm very strong." Penelope tried to draw attention to her able body. "Well, thanks now, but a sleeping bag weighs less than one of the twins," Pearson said laughing. <laughs> Penelope was sure to skip out in front of Mr. Hicks so he could witness how effortlessly she hoisted the bag onto the back of the truck. And then, as Pearson, Todd, and Mr. Hicks climbed into the front, Penelope offered up one last loud clue. Wow! That front bench looks huge! I bet another kid like my size could squeeze right in there and share the seat with Pearson. Mama Peter swerved around at Penelope. Her jaw nearly hit the ground. But this time, Mr. Hicks didn't miss the trick. Oh, Penelope, it sure would be great if you could come along. And that might actually work. Let's see here. Mr. Hicks opened the door to his truck and began walking around to the driver's seat to Penelope's joy. Her scheme was working, but it was not to be. Mama Peters wasted no time in interjecting. It's okay, Mr. Hicks. It's good for Penelope to stay home this time. We've got plenty to do, and Nora can probably come over tomorrow. And besides, a boy's trip is perfectly appropriate. You sure, Mama Pete? Nellie's always good for a laugh, Todd encouraged. Well, that's because you need someone to laugh at your cheesy jokes, Todd, old boy. Pearson chuckled. (laughs) No, really. Thanks, everyone, Mama Peters insisted. Penelope the twins and Nora and I will have a great time together. We'll have a girl's day. Daddy Peters will be here, too. But I know he's planning on doing a lot of yard work tomorrow. Penelope's plan was foiled. Her heart dropped. She glanced at Mama Peters, who returned the glance although it seemed like a stare more than a glance. Penelope knew she had gone too far and that she was in hot water with Mama Peters. Bye, everyone. We'll be praying for your safety, Mama Peters shouted as the truck backed out of the driveway. Bye, Mama Peters. Bye, Nellie. Paish and Priscilla, I love you, Pearson shouted back, waving. When the truck was out of view, the four Peters ladies made their way into the house. Penelope, dear, come help me in the kitchen. I think we need to have a chat. Patience, Priscilla, come sit at the table and have a snack, Mama Peters instructed. Penelope felt her shoulders slump, knowing she had done wrong. All she wanted in the whole wide world was to jump ahead of Mama Peters, just so she wouldn't have to hear more about how wrong she had been. She wanted to yell out, I'm sorry, please forgive me, so that she could be done with it. And that's what she tried. Mama Peters, before you say anything, I'm sorry for trying to go with the Hicks. Please forgive me. Well, now, Nellie, of course I forgive you. But trying to go with the Hicks is not a sin. So really, I'd like to hear why you've asked for forgiveness. Oh, I don't know, Mama Peters. I was, I was pushy. Penelope answered slowly. Is being pushy a sin, Penelope? Mama Peters asked. I don't really know where it's in the Bible that that, that it says that. Is, is there something different about what I did? Oh, my sweet daughter, let's talk about what it really is to be pushy. You won't find that in the Bible. So since it's not a biblical word, we can sometimes think it's okay to do this or that. But being pushy is actually being selfish, self-seeking, proud, disobedient, and throw in your manipulative ways and boom. We also have some deceit going on. In Philippians, it says that we're not to look out for our own personal interests. And in Romans, it says that those who are self-seeking and reject the truth, God's wrath is laid up for them. And you know, in Ephesians, it says that children are to obey their parents. And we're to humble ourselves and to tell the truth. When you greeted Mr. Hicks, you were smarmy. You overdid it. And you were trying to draw attention to yourself. Normally, you're sweet and you greet adults well but you were over the top and greeted in a way that was disingenuous. You spoke about the seat in order to draw attention to yourself, and you were rather deceitful in your motivations. You weren't interested in showing Mr. Hicks how roomy his bench seat was, but rather in how well you would fit in there, Penelope. And you treated Pearson's sleeping bag like it was a ball tossing it around, likely to show your strength. I can see you want to cover your eyes and ears because you feel shame over these behaviors. And I don't blame you, honey. But sometimes seeing our sin makes us feel ashamed, and rightly so. I know, Mama Peters, and I'm embarrassed. I I didn't know it was so, so, so obvious. Penelope's face was now the hue of a summer tomato. When we're in the middle of sin, Penelope, we often think that it's so subtle and sly. But others can usually see our foolishness. We are the ones who are self-deluded. Did I look like a fool, Mama Peters? You did, Penelope. But guess what? We all look like fools at times, and it's better to own it outright and acknowledge your foolishness to God and confess your sin, and God will be faithful to forgive. Mama Peters hugged Penelope and prayed with her. Penelope was able to confess her sin properly and recover as much as she could from her silliness of the afternoon. Though she never wanted to think about it again, Mama Peters encouraged her to be humble about her sin so that she could share with others who might be reticent to confess their own sin. And soon, with music playing and a sheet of the cookie dough she'd made in the oven, Penelope was having her own fun, thankful to spend extra time with just the gals. This is Grandmom's Corner. Boy, could I relate to what Penelope did in calling attention to herself and having a wrong heart motive. Growing up and beginning in about the third grade, I attended Christian camp every summer. I loved going every year. Each summer, I heard God's Word faithfully taught. I played games, I swam. There were competitions. We canoed, sang, and met new people. Every year, it was hard to say goodbye to the new friends I'd met, but we would promise to write each other and keep up that way. It was different in those days. There were no computers or social media or email. In some ways, the simpler times weren't so complicated But I digress. Anyway, the correspondence didn't last long because life got way too busy to keep up with people who you'd met at camp. Except I did keep up for a while with a friend who was slightly older than me. We both played the piano, so we had some things in common. We would write letters back and forth. And when it got close to my birthday in August, I oh so casually dropped a hint that my birthday was coming. I did it in a nonchalant way. But I'm ashamed to say that I was angling for a gift. As I said, my friend was a little older than me, so she had a job and a driver's license so she could go and buy me a gift. Well, sure enough, my scheme worked, and a pretty box of writing paper came my way with a birthday card. I wrote my friend a thank you note and feigned ignorance. I wrote something like, thank you so much for the gift. I love it, but you shouldn't have sent anything. I wouldn't have even told you that it was my birthday if I thought you were going to send me a gift. What a big fat lie. The reason I told her and that I acted all casual about it is that I wanted a gift. I was, like Penelope was in the story, insincere, manipulative, phony, and it led me to lie to my friend. Even now, as I recount the story, I'm chagrined, but I've confessed my sin to God. And as the Bible says to do, I forget it and I press on. Like Penelope was able to fool Mr. Hicks, I was able to fool my friend. But Proverbs 16.2 issues a stern warning. All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs the motives. So even though I fooled my friend, not for one moment did I fool God. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another story about the Peters family. Bye for now.